All right, good morning, LLC. Uh, good to see you here in person, but also to those online. I got the monitor up so I can see you, so turn on your cameras. I would love to see who I'm speaking to uh, online uh, as well. I'm glad to be here this morning. I was joking a couple weeks ago. Do I feel a little bit of heat right now, maybe going through, uh, maybe not? I was joking a couple weeks ago how I really hope that a furnace isn't broken. Well, I shouldn't have spoken because it is broken. Uh, so we're, uh, we have a handyman downstairs right now uh, fixing uh, the furnace as we speak. Uh, but that's what I love about our church, uh, not the broken furnace as per se, but just uh, that's what life is about. That's what church is about. As we come together, that God does make beauty from the broken, that as the church, as his bride, we come together as his people with all our imperfections, with all that we are, and we come together to his throne on a Sunday morning uh, to worship uh, him. Uh, so uh, before I dive into the word, uh, let's just pray. Uh, Father, I uh, thank you, God, uh, for your church, uh, for your bride, for your people here. And we come before you uh, with humility this morning, acknowledging you as our king, as our savior. So may you give us ears to hear and hearts to comprehend and understand uh, your word. Uh, may you just speak uh, to us. God, you me- use me uh, as your mouthpiece. Uh, God, uh, may I just proclaim uh, your word boldly and truthfully uh, this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, I love our church. Uh, I love uh, us here. I love our people. I love everything uh, that God has been doing and is continuing to do, uh, that he will continue to do here at, at LLC. And, and many people over the years have asked me, uh, you know, Doug, you've been at LLC for a while, not as long as some of you, but, you know, you, you grew up in the faith here. You came here in your teens. You went through university, uh, through seminary, and now uh, you're serving as a pastor here at Lord's Love. Uh, how does that feel? Like, how come you're still here? Uh, that's the question that I get. Uh, and my, my short answer to them is like, well, I never really thought about it in that way. As they explain it to me, it's like, you know, that's really strange that that usually doesn't happen. Uh, the person, the, the way that you're serving now and the context you come up in, like, that usually doesn't happen. How come you're here? And I, I usually reply with something along the lines of, I just love our church. I love our people. I love serving here. I love the people that I get to be with. I love what God is doing here. Uh, but even greater than that, uh, perhaps is this, that even though life is not easy, ministry is tough, uh, I feel called here, uh, that God called me to be here, that God has called me to serve here, that God has called me to be part of the transformation work that we're to do here at LLC. And I know some of us are, are new and some of us are still learning what this faith is all about. Some of us tuning in online right now is the first time you ever watched a sermon or joined into service. So I know this might be new for you. And some of you have been a part of the church since day one, uh, from literally when the day you were born until now, that we've been part of this journey together. And do you know that you're also part of this transformation work? That you're called to this as well. You're part of this work. You're called to this body and you have a purpose for why you are here. And last week, uh, we spoke on how the right response to God's mercy is to worship, and we're to offer our bodies as living uh, sacrifices, how when we respond to God's mercy, uh, it leads us into this worship. And as, we le- as it leads us into this worship, it leads us into this transformation that God has, that God does in our lives. And this week, uh, so last week, we saw how it transforms us personally, but this week, we'll see how our response to God and our response to his calling, how that transforms others as well around us. That doesn't only transform us individually, but it transforms us collectively as the church, as the body of Christ. That God, 
as we worship him, that there's a potential there of God transforming an entire community. That when faith is, is lived out, it doesn't only transform us individually, but it transforms us as community. And one thing that COVID has done this year among many terrible things, and one thing that maybe you're sensing as well, as well is that COVID has, has really shaken our sense of community this year, right? It's shaken our sense of belonging, our sense of belonging to a, a bigger cause. Uh, we're, we're siloed in our own space, and some of us are back to work and back to school, but many of us are still in our own spaces, uh, and, and it's shake, shaken up our, our sense of, of community. But despite everything that's gone on this, this year, I just wanted to say that God is still on his throne, that God is still in control, that as we gather to worship, that he is still the father of all, that he still loves us, that he still knows us, that we still belong to this community, this body of Christ. In LLC this morning, I just want to say we're called to make a difference. Uh, as a church, we're called to make a difference. As a community, as a body of believers, we're meant and we're called to make a difference. We're meant to be a city on a hill. We're meant to be a light at the light of the world. And this town is built on a hill. What? It cannot be hidden, but it's meant to shine, as Jesus says in Matthew 5. We're to let our light shine, and we're instruments that God uses in this world to push back the dark forces of, uh, that, that exist in this world. The church was never meant to merely exist. The church was never meant to be an address or a dot on the map or a place you go to on Sundays. The church is meant for a place of transformation, both individually but collectively, but also the community that we're, we're in. And I'm proud of how we've lived out our faith uh, over the past years and this year as well, whether it's picking up garbage in our community and we go out beyond our walls uh, to live out love and hand out the coffee uh, out in the corner. Remember those times? <laughs> we're out there talking with our community uh, I, or how we're running Alpha and, and inviting uh, people that haven't yet experienced the faith uh, and run, uh, having the Alpha program, not only at church, but also down the block at Baker and Table and the local uh, cafe there, or how we had Coffee House and all the uh, good things that have come from, from that, how we lead life groups and how there's uh, people are serving on AV, worship ministry, kids ministry, Sunday school, community learning, whatever it is, you're greeting at the door, you're sanitizing the pews, that we're making a difference here and we're calling this place a place of transformation, that when you come here, that this is a house of God, that this is the place that we'll meet God and that we'll worship God. And it comes through in different ways, in the different ways that we serve. Have I said I love our church? Have I said that? <laughs> I love our church. Do you love our church? Do you love the community that God has called you into? And I'm proud to call this my home. I'm proud to call this my church. But the challenge for us this morning is not to settle, not to settle in our faith, but to, to keep going. And the big idea this morning is simply this, that you matter in the body of Christ. I was trying to come up with some complex sentence, but as I was reading the passage today in verses 3 to 8, that's what I feel God is saying to us, is that you matter, that you matter in the body of Christ, that you're not a nobody, but you matter, that you're part of the body, that you belong. You matter because you have a role and a purpose here. And discovering that purpose will lead to us having a greater sense of, of belonging. And when you have this strong sense of belonging, it will lead to you living out your calling. It will lead to you living out the gifts that you have. In Romans 12 verse 3, uh, the context of that again is in light of last week, 
where God says in view of, of God's mercy, you offer yourselves as living sacrifices. So everything we're to understand in chapters 1 to 11 in view of how God has saved us, how we're broken and undeserving of his grace and we're deserving of wrath, but God has given us his mercy and he has saved us in light of that, in light of God's mercy, we're to offer ourselves. And in light of everything God has done, we read this in verse 3. For the, ba- for the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to you. One of the first points here I want to say is that you matter, and you matter simply because God said so. You matter because God has said so. God has distributed to you the faith that's needed. God has given to you the faith that is, that is needed. And we're not, uh, often uh, people come up to me and say, I don't know where to start. I don't know what God is calling me to do. I don't know what God uh, has given me a purpose in, in the church, in my life, in my workplace, in my family. And I'll, I encourage them with this, that if we're not sure where to start, starting with God is always the best place to start. You think about from where God's, God's perspective. There's never a bad thing to start from God's perspective. And here, the Apostle Paul urges us, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. So from your own perspective, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But also, at the same time, on the flip side, uh, don't think of yourself lower than you ought, too. I think that's what he's saying. Don't think of yourself from your own perspective, but, but think with sober judgment. So not drunk with your own thoughts or with other people's thoughts, but we're really filled with God's perspective. Think from his perspective. Think of what God has said. And God says that you matter. That God says he's given you this faith. He's given you these gifts. We're to think from God's perspective in accordance with the faith he has distributed to you. And this word for distributed means measured carefully. That God has distributed, he's measured carefully what he has given to you. That what he has measured, it's not short an ounce, not short a milliliter, not too much, not too little, is exactly what you need to get through the everyday, to live the purpose he has called you to, 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 to live out the, the, uh, the gifts that he has given you. The faith God has given you has been intentionally and purposely measured out just for you, custom made for the life that you have. And God has given you exactly what you need because if you're like me, there's many days where I feel like, God, I can't do this anymore. I don't know if I have what it takes. I don't know if I know what I'm doing. I'm not saying I know what I'm doing, but God has reminded me that he has given me what, I'm, what is needed for the day, what is needed for the task. It doesn't mean I'm not going to fail. It doesn't mean it's not going to be trying. It's not going to be difficult, but it will be enough. And he's giving you this because you matter. That you have a purpose, you have a reason, you have a role in, in, in this life, in this church, in, 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 in all creation. God has created you for a specific purpose, and what he has given you is enough. And many of you th- feel like it's not going to be enough. I want to encourage you that God has given you enough, that it will be enough, that for you to have faith in him and how he has distributed to you justly. But there's others of us that think too highly of ourselves, but for us to take a notch down and not trust in our own strength, but to rely on God and what he has given you. Because ultimately, the impact of the gift, the impact of the faith that God has given you isn't up to us. It's up to God, the impact of it. The focus has never been about what we can do, but what God is doing through us. And Apostle Paul starts off 
this section here reminding us of that. It's in view of God's mercy, in view of what he's given you. And to be reminded again that we matter not because of the life we've built up for ourselves, but we matter because God said so. That God says that you matter and that you have a role. Verses 4 to 5, just for, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the other members. A lot of things to go into here, and this is often where we get the text for, uh, from, uh, for membership. Uh, people say, well, membership uh, doesn't, you know, don't read the word membership in Scripture, but what we do read is that we're members of one body, and that's our idea of belonging. And the human body is fascinating, isn't it? If you, if you look at our bodies and our, if you study biology, understand the ways that we've been created, the human body is, is fascinating. And for the most part, every part of our body has a purpose. Um, maybe not the appendix. Uh, maybe, not, um, uh, maybe not our wisdom teeth. Ever thought about that? Like, why do we have wisdom teeth? It just causes pain. Uh, it causes so much discomfort. And you go in and, anyway, I'll spare you the details if you haven't had that removed yet. Uh, but no matter the purpose, though, whether they have a purpose or not, they still belong right? No one's going to say the wisdom teeth grew out or appendix. Well, I'm shocked that that's there. You know, no, that still belongs to part of the body. That, that it belongs to the, 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 the one body that, that we have. And what I find fascinating also is that every part of the body is doing what's best for the body also, for the body as a whole, that they're not really meant to exist for their own health. They're not existing for themselves, uh, but it's for the overall health of the body, because the survival of the body depends on the parts, of each part of the body. That's how important each part of it is. And we see here that we matter, that we matter in the kingdom, we matter in the church, we, we matter to God because you belong. It sounds so simple, but it's so complex and it should astound us that we matter and we know that we matter because God says we belong. We belong to his body. We belong to his church. And a sense of belonging is key to the overall health of a community. That's really important. Your sense of belonging is key to the health of a, of a community. If you rephrase that another way, community is key to transforming a community. Does that make sense? Having a sense of community, having a sense of belonging is key to having a healthy community. And we, we need to understand that, 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 that we, we matter because we belong, and God says we belong. And, and part of understanding this belonging is uh, this term, this phrase in this passage of one body. Uh, that The one body uh, illustration is, is crucial to our understanding of, of the church. It, it might be different now in, in Vancouver, uh, where we have so many different churches and so many different kinds of denominations. And before I go on, I just want to say I'm not against different churches I'm not against denominations. But I think it doesn't help us in understanding the one body of the church. That when we see in Vancouver the hundreds of churches that we have here, the denominations we have across the world, around the world, it doesn't help us uh, in understanding the oneness of church, the unity of the church. It impacts our way of viewing what church is all about. And no matter how many churches there might be, though, there is that one church that belongs to Christ that follows Christ, that declares that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is resurrected, which, by the way, is what the term Catholic means, which just means universal. That's what the term means. 
that there is one church, that we all belong to one Lord, one faith, one spirit, and one God that's over all and that's in all. In fact, remember the context of this letter of who it's written, written to. It's written to the church in Rome. It doesn't say to the churches in Rome. That in Rome, there literally was one church. There was just one church in Rome. There wasn't a church known for having lots of young people or lots of seniors and older people. There wasn't a church known for its great worship music. There wasn't a church known for its mission work or how they cared for people in the city or whatever it is that you want to categorize the churches into. There was just one. And that impacts our way of viewing church, that there was just one. Could you imagine for a sec? LLC, that this was the one church in Vancouver. How would that change us? How would that impact your belonging? How would that impact the way that you're serving? How would that impact the way that you're giving your gifts and pouring into the body of Christ? How would that change the way that we're thinking? Because this word for belong in this passage here can be also translated as one another. And this word is used 94 times at least in the New Testament. That a way of understanding belonging and a way of understanding the church is with one another. That we're not siloed to our own faith. That we're not belonging to ourselves, but it's with one another. So this understanding of belonging comes from understanding how our faith is not lived in isolation, but is lived in communities, lived connected to one another. And there's more here. Like to have a sense, a deep sense of belonging comes from this understanding of, 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 of our purpose of what our purpose is in the body. That the one body doesn't just exist for no reason, but there's a purpose for the existence of the body, and there's a purpose for the existence of you within the body. And I think understanding this, this uh, purpose for us, it feeds into our belonging in the body, into the reason why sometimes, perhaps, if you wrestle with this, why sometimes we feel like we don't belong. Why sometimes we don't feel like we belong to a community. Like, we know intellectually that we belong, but in our hearts, in our, our emotions, in our feeling, in the fibers of us, we actually don't feel like we belong. We know we belong, but we don't feel like we belong. And I'm not talking about the active way. You know, within a community where we actively don't include people, and I pray that that wouldn't be our church, that we actively neglect and we shun people, we don't help people belong to a community, but there is a question there as well is that, well, how are you helping people to feel belonging too? What is your role in that? So I'm not talking about an act of shunning or neglect of people, but I think on many, for many of us, there's a flip side, that there's a part of us where we feel like we don't belong, but even though we know that we belong. And the reason is because we feel like perhaps we feel like we're not good enough. We, we feel like others uh, don't like us or that we're not like others, that no one really cares about us, like no one cares about me, or what we do doesn't really matter, no one really notices. And of course, none of that is true. None of that is true. You matter. God says you matter. God says that you belong. God says, I've given you gifts, that I've empowered you. You have a purpose here. God has given you worth, and he's shown that on the, uh, by displaying that on the cross. He shows and he has shown us that we belong, but we wrestle with this. But perhaps the reason why we feel like we don't belong is because we haven't yet discovered our purpose within the body. That we haven't discovered why we are here. 
We know we belong. We know we are here. But we haven't discovered why we are here and what we are doing here. It has to do with discovering your purpose. And when you discover your purpose, it leads to discovering your, your role and your reason and your belonging. And I know this because I've been there. Not, not only because I've walked into a class uh, and, and lecture and realized I wasn't supposed to be there because it was literally the wrong, wrong subject. Have you ever been there? You know, you walk into a class, you're like, hmm, this is supposed to be biology. And the guy's talking about calculus. You're like, well, something's off here. I'm not in the right place. I don't, I don't belong there. You have that sense of feeling where you walk in. You're like, what am I doing here? And some of us have walked into our church and walked into this community. You have a sense of, you know, what am I doing here? And I've had moments like that too at LLC where I, I, I question what God has, is doing in my life. And I'm like, God, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? What is my role? And when I start leaning on what I think is best or what I think it is, that's when I start veering away because it's not about what I think I need to be doing here. It's what God has called me to do here. What purpose God has placed me into the body. Why God has called me to be specifically here doing what I am doing. And the moments where I waver, the moments that I, I wander off, I'm reminded that, yes, I love the church, but it's also because God has called me here. There's a sense of purpose. There's a sense of reason of why I am here. And I believe this morning God is asking, do you have the sense of purpose? Do you know why you're here? What is the purpose God has given you? It's not just to exist, but he's a very specific and deliberate reason measured out just for you, for you to be here, to be, belong to this community. The three men were laying brick, and you might have heard this before. The first was asked, what are you doing? And he answered, laying some brick. The second man was asked, what are you working for? He answered, $5 a day. The third man was asked, what are you doing? He answered, I am helping to build a great cathedral. Which person are you? It's a sense of purpose that creates a sense of belonging. A sense of purpose that creates a reason for why you are here. And when we lose our purpose, when we don't understand what God is doing, then we veer off. But the question we need to ask time and time again is not what I think my purpose is, but God, what is your purpose for me right here? Verse 6 continues on. You say this, if you can click the next slide for me. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is uh, giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And you matter to the body. You matter to our community and to our church simply because of this. You matter because you have a gift to bless others with. You have a gift. You have something to bring. You make a difference to our community. In this last section of the passage, it astounds me because the Apostle Paul makes it sound so easy. Right? As you read, that, as you read it, it just sounds right, so easy. Uh, if that's your gift, then just do it, right? That, that's kind of what, what I'm hearing, what, what I'm understanding. But there's something deeper here that 
a healthy community lives out their gifts. When a community is thriving, a community is healthy, a community is functioning in, uh, to the way that's supposed to function, if the body is working in the way that the body is supposed to work, that it should naturally come out in this way. A healthy community lives out their gifts. And you matter because you're part of that. You're meant to be a blessing to the people around you. And again, this all sounds so easy. The Apostle Paul just says, go and use your gifts. And it sounds as if it should be automatic. It sounds as if it should be like a reflex. And maybe it is. Maybe it is supposed to be, be a reflex. When the body is healthy, what happens when you put your hand over a stove and you touch something hot? You automatically pull back. It's a reflex of our bodies. You don't think about it. The body automatically does it. The reflex of the church should be to love. The reflex of the church should be to serve God and to love God and to love others, no matter how that might look like. The reflex of the church should ultimately be like Jesus. The reflex of the church should be to be like Jesus. That should be the reflex within the church. To love like Jesus, to serve like Jesus, to rest in like Jesus. Thinking about that for a moment. Think about that. Like, like what if Jesus himself didn't live like Jesus? Right? If Jesus was here, on, on, when he was here on earth, uh, Jesus didn't do Jesus things. Like he didn't do any of the things that he was supposed to, to, to be doing. What if Jesus walked around not doing Jesus things? Well, the world would look different. I wouldn't have salvation. I wouldn't have this relationship with God to say the least. Those are just some things. But if, I'm asking that question because I'm applying that to us as well. What would it look like for our church? What would it look like in your life? What if I apply that to our society and if I apply that to our understanding here as a church? What happens if we don't bless others with our gifts? What happens if we don't give the gifts that God has given us? If it's prophesying, what if we don't prophesy or speak of the truth of God? What if it is serving and we don't serve? What if it's teaching and we don't teach? If it's to encourage and we don't encourage? What if the body doesn't pull its hand back when there is fire? What happens when salt loses its saltiness? Holding back our gifts hurts people. Holding back our gifts, holding back the ways that God has called us to live and to serve doesn't just hurt us, but it hurts the people around us. It doesn't just hurt you individually, but it hurts the community because we all belong to the same body. When the heart fails, the whole body suffers. When I lose the function of my legs, it affects the whole body. When my brain goes, so goes the rest of my body. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. But on the other hand, can you imagine when we use our gifts? Can you imagine what happens when we bless others with our gifts in the ways that God has, uh, has, has designed us uh, with the gifts that he has given us? Can you imagine how your gifts can lead someone to Jesus? Lead them to life, lead them to thriving, lead them to experience the goodness of God. Because that's what this is all about. All our gifts are meant to lead people to encounter this life with Christ, this life with Jesus, 
And it's an encounter with Jesus that changes people, not an encounter with me, not an encounter with you, not an encounter with our church, an encounter with Jesus. Encounter with the loving one, the one that created all things. He is the one that changes us. How would that change our way of understanding of the way that we give our gifts, the way that we, we serve in, in the church? When you're on AV, that those aren't just words and they're not just lyrics, but they're words and lyrics that God can use to move someone's heart. Welcome team, not just saying hi, but you have the opportunity, whether it's online or whether it's here in person, to say welcome home to someone for the very first time that hasn't yet met Jesus. That you were the first person that they met. That they were the first person, that you were the first person that they saw before they accepted Jesus. And you were a part of that. When you're chairing at our service, that you're not just doing announcements, but you're sharing the heartbeat of the church. You're sharing the heartbeat of what God cares about. You're sharing the heartbeat of what God is calling us into. When you're making art and all the visuals of whatever it is, you're stirring the affections of people to reflect the beauty of God. When you lead and teach the kids and the youth, you're equipping the next generation not just equipping and, and teaching them with knowledge, but perhaps changing the direction of a life forever. Not just their life, but the family line, starting from that one child, with that one youth, with a young adult. Now, when you're discipling, you're passing on the heart of God. You're bringing them in, walking side by side along with you as you walk and live out with Jesus. And you have the gift of government, governing and leadership and planning you're not just planning. It's not just this administration. You're making a way for flourishing for people. You're making a way for them to encounter Jesus, for them to see God, and for ministries and, and, and all the, the ministries that we have here to help people to flourish and to be discipled. When you lead people in worship, that the music you play and the words that you sing is meant to honor God and reflect the sound we're to hear in heaven. They're not just words. That on that moment, we're joining in with the angels and the countless others around the world in all of creation, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, that you're bringing people into the throne room. When you sanitize our pews, where else will we sit? You're creating a place of safety. You're creating a place of welcome. You're creating a place of we care enough about you to do all the little details. But what I love about this last section of passage is that not everything that Apostle Paul labels is really a role. Because when we think of serving, we think of there has to be a specific role. That there's a task, that there's a certain thing that needs to be done, there's a role that needs to be filled. But Apostle Paul's not saying that, it's the way of life. It's a gift that's not only given when you're a specific role, but it's a gift that you give in the everyday and everything that you have, in, the, in your going, in your living, in your breathing, that you're giving these gifts no matter where it is that you are situated every day. And there are the intangibles. I know in the body we see our flesh, we see our hands, our fingernails, every detail about us, but what about the ligaments? The things underneath that you don't see, the bone, the, 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 uh, the, the ligaments, the bone, the tendons, the nerves, body is more than what you just see on the surface. And some of you are called to that as well. 
Some of you are called to not be on the surface, not to be seen, but you're doing and using your gifts on the outside, uh, on the inside, that's affecting the church deeply. When you're participating in a life group, you're not just hanging out or just having a conversation. Your participation, your, 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 your presence there is saying, I belong to this body, and I choose to be part of these people. That at that moment, God is giving you the, the opportunity to possibly pick up someone when they're at the lowest point, that you had the opportunity to be there, to serve a purpose, to, to encourage them, to say that simple word that no one else has said, that you were there. Maybe your role is to stand in the gap between generations. That's not a specific role that you sign up for at church. There's, there's, no, there's, there's no serving role there where you go to the bulletin board and you, I'm going to take that off. Maybe your role is to stand in the gap between the generations. And there's such beauty when generations come together to worship. And I just want to acknowledge those that are watching online or that are here that are in the senior population. I know most of us are young adults and family and youth. And, but for those of you, you're standing in the gap for the generations. And that builds the flesh and the beauty of our church. That is your gift to our church, one of the gifts that often that we don't acknowledge and often that we don't thank. That is perhaps your way of serving. Or maybe it's you in another generation. Maybe you're youth, maybe you're young adults, maybe you're in the families and you're standing in the gap. There are not many around you, but you're saying, God has called me here for a purpose and that is my way of serving. That is my way of blessing the people around me. Not, not because, look, I'm here. Everyone, look, I'm trying to attract attention, but no, this is what God's purpose is for me in the body of Christ. To be visible and to stand in the gap. And if you're a parent and you feel like you don't have much time to give, I want to encourage you because, again, with your presence online and here, it makes a difference. That you're saying, this matters enough for me to be here. The trouble of chasing all my kids around and trying to put diapers on them. Of trying to listen to that one word as I'm right now, as you're staring into your computer screen, staring into your TV, as your kid is pulling your hair and throwing the food across the room. You're saying, our God is still worthy of our worship and I still belong here and I'm still going to fight for this community. But hear this as I'm nearing the end, that if you don't know what your gift is or what your role and your purpose here. We're dedicated here at LLC to help you discover that. Because what I do know, I might not know what your gift is specifically, what your purpose is, but what I do know is God has a purpose and a gift for you. And God has called us to walk along with you, to discover that uh, with you. And we're here to pick each other up. So we're going to keep using the gifts God has given us because God is worthy and God is worth it. Even during the dry season, during the difficult seasons, even during the stormy periods, when it all feels like nothing is going well and there's no fruit. I'm going to keep pressing on. And there's moments definitely in my faith where I've wandered and people in our church, in our community have pulled me back and have encouraged me and have strengthened me and, and I've leaned on them. And we keep pressing on because God says you matter. God says we matter. God has died on that cross for you and for me to show us that our life is worth it. The answer, the question for us in answering God this morning is, do we recognize that? Are we committed to pursuing that? Because all of this is not for our glory, but it's for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of the God that we worship. It's for the sake of Jesus that we're sent into our families, 
to make a difference there for your purpose and your gifting and to your workplace and to our churches here. It's for the sake of Jesus that you're sent into the city, into your specific context. It's for the sake of the body of Christ that we're sent overseas. Whether it's financially in the way that we serve and help people there or physically as we serve in the missions field that we've been in, in, in Ghana, Africa, overseas in Asia, that is for the sake of the body that we commit ourselves. So what does it mean for you to belong? What is your purpose here? Because I truly believe when you discover your purpose and your reason, and you're praying for that, God will give that to you. And that is going to be your unshakable truth that God has given you unshakable foundation of why you're serving, where you're serving, why you're doing what you're doing, why you're here. That's going to propel you for the years to come. One, one of my favorite quotes is from Mark Twain. The two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. There's a reason why God has given you breath. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you're watching. There's a reason why God has purposely placed you here. And your serving makes a difference to the overall health of our church. So what is it? Maybe that's your, your practical, uh, your implication this morning from, from, the, from the sermon. What is it? What is your purpose? Maybe that's your first step. What is your role and your purpose here at LLC? And maybe, if you don't know, then your second step is to find out what it is. To really take those steps. And let's discover that together. Another question is, will you answer the call in helping to transform God's church here? That every one of you, no matter your role, is part of the transformation work of the church. And we're all not functioning in the way that God has called us to if each one of us isn't doing what God has called us to do. From the platform all the way to the end scene, that God has called you to it. So will you answer the call in helping to transform God's church in whatever purpose he has for you? Because when you serve, you grow spiritually, but people around you, they are growing spiritually as well. That your serving and your participation, your belonging in the body makes a difference. And if some of you are thinking at this moment that all sounds too hard and too difficult, I'm like, I don't know if I'm willing to sign up for the rest of my life. Well, that's God's calling you, not on me for one thing. But, so, but lastly, I want to say, just try serving for a season. There's no contract here. It's all with love, with grace. Try and pursue. I'm standing here as a person that has made so many mistakes. I'm a person here that signed up, and you know the story, some of you. I've signed up in the welcome team, in the coffee corner, when we had coffee still before the pandemic, and I'm the person on the first day that broke 25 of our new cups. I've made mistakes. I've done it. I've tried it. But you don't know what you're good at until you try. And I knew that my season was very short for serving in uh, the coffee corner. <laughs> but also know in the other aspects what God has called me to, I know I'm going to be in it until God calls me home. And I'm praying that you discover your purpose this morning. Let's pray. Father.